0: All right, good morning. I uh, accidentally turned off my tablet right when I came up here, so I'm gonna fix that real quick. Technology, man. I'm really thankful for it, but other times it's kind of dumb. It's a computer, also, and it's also a laptop, and so they put the button on one side, I never forget which one, it, I never remember which one it's on, so I put it on there. Anyway. You don't need to know that. All right. So first, um, talking about, so we, we want to go through these um, different aspects of who we are. And so Scott talking about um, music uh, and, and why we sing, what we sing is is super important. I am extremely grateful, extremely thankful um, that we have leaders, Scott, John, and Stogner, uh, and then just uh, like us who play music uh, or like I can, like, beat on a box. I don't know anything about music, though. I can hit a box, though. Um, that We should have people who are devoted to that, that we have people who, who want to do it excellent um, but just want to serve us. And, and the music sounds good. It's not, it didn't sound bad. I don't, if you think that, maybe talk with Scott about that. But it's, it sounds good, and I'm able to just celebrate with you guys every Sunday before and after the sermon uh, in this way, and it's so good. And so I'm, I'm really thankful um, for you guys uh, we do that. All right. So you can open up to Acts chapter two. We're going to be there soon, and then we're going to move around some. Um, but today we are going to continue our vision series. And uh, if you haven't been here the past two weeks, or maybe you use like the first few minutes to take your kids to the nursery and check your Facebook and stuff, um, I'll kind of run through what we're doing. This this casting of a vision uh, for the Crossing Church uh, is really simply a reminder that we are the church that we are a church um and as this church as a church uh what makes us distinct and so what i mean by that um distinct from what Uh, and so we are all part of different communities uh, different jobs schools organizations we all like going to different places and uh, fun stuff the mall shopping restaurants in our free time Uh, and so we're all a part of these different things uh but as we function as the church who are the church um How do we function uh, distinctly from those things? How is this right here, who we are, distinct from all the other stuff, which is good stuff. I really enjoy what I do in my free time. I enjoy everything else, uh, but how is this distinct? Uh, And so one thing I thought of, uh, and it's um, really laid out in the church, or in the church, in the book, I'm a church member. Um, My family never had a membership to the country club, but the first and last time I ever got to go to a country club was because I had a friend who had a country, uh, membership, his parents did whatever, Menden, Louisiana Country Club was really nice. Uh, the food was good and they had a really nice pool and they had a basketball goal at the pool and I dunked on it and broke it and that's why I never got to go back but it was really nice I really enjoyed it um, but this membership that you have to a country club or whatever kind of club exclusive thing you're a part of, you pay a membership fee and you're a part of that club and you enjoy being there and so do we view the church, this church membership, we are a church, we are the church, whatever it is, do we, par- do we view it as being a part of some exclusive club? And so how that plays out is I pay my membership fee, my tithe. Um, I've been a member for a long time. And so it should be exactly how I want it to be. This, this gathering, what we do outside of this gathering, should be how I want it to be because I pay my membership and this is, this is the club I'm in. Why can't it be like that? And so this comes out as, like, why don't we sing Did You Feel and Son of David every Sunday? Because those are the best songs ever written. So why don't we sing those every Sunday? If you, know, if you know, you know. Like, why are the sermons so long? Like, I get home, and I miss a whole quarter of football. And I'm, we're going to miss a quarter of football today. Um, and so what uh, What else? Uh, coffee, we have iced coffee today, but sometimes there's no coffee. Where's the coffee that's complaining? Why are we still using grape juice instead of wine? These chairs are uncomfortable. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Uh, some visitor sat in my spot. Um, <laughs> um, my MC is weird. The food at I my mean, MC gathering is, is always kind of just gross and nasty. Whatever it is, ours is not. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we, we view it as this, this thing that, since we're part of this, since we have a membership, we pay our dues, whatever, it should just kind of fit what we want to happen. We we want it to be a certain way. And so when we go to the movies uh, for a restaurant, we expect everything to be how we like it, or we wouldn't go there. We wouldn't go shop in a different store if we didn't like being there. And so sometimes, um, if something doesn't happen the way we want it to, if a restaurant, if the waiter's bad or the food is terrible, some of y'all are like going to ask for the manager. I've seen people like rip a $5 bill in half and like stick some of it in their drink, all this kind of stuff. So you're going to do that kind of stuff. Maybe not. I don't. I just don't go back to the restaurant. I don't like confrontation. Um, but we expect those things to be good. We expect those things to be how we like them. Uh, and if not, we're going to complain about it. We're not going to go back. But how can we treat being a part of the church the same way? And not just a part of this singular body, this the crossing church, um, but what the church really is—God's people—we uh, have to be careful not to diminish who we are called to be. And so, if church uh, becomes what we do, all these things we do, and not who we are, we are in trouble. And and the crazy part is that if that happens, we're not going to realize it until it's too late. Um, that is that is it is wrong. It's bad. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, and and so and don't hear me the wrong way. What we do on Sunday morning, what we do. Uh, as mission communities, all this stuff we do is a really key part in who we are. The songs we sing, this whole worship gathering experience is a key part uh, of who we are. I, I love coming here every Sunday, um, and and like never leaving. My wife likes, to, all right, we gotta go. Lucy's gotta take a nap. We gotta eat. I'm like, I don't wanna stay here and just help pick up chairs and all do this stuff. Not because I like want to serve. I just want to be around you guys. This is really important. I love being here, but this is not everything. We need to see this is not everything, uh, and this is what this vision series is about. Before we move on, uh, I wanted to share kind of a side note. It kind of ties in. Um, I thought about it uh, from a quote from uh, the old wise theologian Jared Hawthorne uh, in an email while planning the series. He said, we are a very unique community, not only because we are the crossing church, but because we are a church, and therefore we should have unique expectations and commitment to the church, specifically the Crossing Church, and what he was getting at was, let's develop this this vision series. Um, but when I read this, paired with reading Acts um, to prepare for this Sunday, uh, made me think of a conversation I was having with a buddy um, when we were in the process of planning this church. However many years ago uh, that was, I was telling him about our plans, what all we wanted to do in Monroe. We want to see the save. We want to see the lost saved. Uh, what ministry communities we're going to like. We we're going to have all these elders. Uh, eventually, someday, all this kind of stuff, uh, he was into it. And one thing he said to me was, man, that, like, that sounds a lot like the church in Acts. And I was like, you know what? That's exactly what it is, exactly what it's like. And, and, and we were still, I think we were still meeting once a month in Sandal, in Sandal Drive. And, and I thought um, that this church plant, um, meeting once a month, um, had finally did it. Some people in Monroe had finally figured out what church was supposed to be like. Uh, And so, I want to urge you, if you think the Crossing Church is, is, this is it. We've finally done it right. We're finally the ones preaching the true gospel out of everyone else in this area. This church is the answer to everything. No, stop. This is not it. The gospel is the answer to everything. Not a group of imperfect people who think we know some stuff. Um, So, yes, let's think about This church body, these individuals that you know well, you don't know well, these people in your mission communities, your DNA group, let's think about those people when going through series like this uh, and then when applying that kind of stuff to our lives. But if this building collapsed right now, there's a lot of floors up there. um, If this building collapsed right now, um, we would not be alive. Um, That would really suck. It would be really bad. And a lot of people, families, friends in Monroe, even people who don't know who we are, would be really sad and devastated but the gospel would go on. The gospel would continue to be pro- proclaimed, advanced in Monroe. God would still be glorified with or without the crossing. Uh, and so I just want to urge you if you think this is it, this is not it. I, I love this church, I love it so much, but this is not it. Um, so I just want to give you that uh, really quick. Uh, but we can pray now and then get started in Acts. Father, I thank you so much uh, for this church body. Uh, Just every individual gift, every individual individual personality you've given us, God, uh, that we are not special because we know things we're not special because of any of that stuff that we do, God. Uh, We are distinct. We are set apart uh, because of what you have done, God. Uh, I pray that throughout this series and, and, and throughout life, Uh, That we see that and and, and that we not turn this into just another thing that we're a part of. That we see that this uh, is who we are. We are the church on mission called to Monroe, Western Monroe, God. Uh, I pray that's who we are. Uh, Rid us of anything else keeping us from that. I thank you so much for this time to get together to sing, to to proclaim the gospel, to hear that gospel proclaim, God. Uh, I pray that uh, ultimately that it is not me, uh, not my agenda, not anything else, God, but your word uh, is, is shown throughout this this entire time, God. Uh, we want to make much of you. Thank you so much uh, for Jesus, for this gospel that applies to every part of our life, God. Amen. All right. So, Acts chapter 2. Um, we'll eventually uh, start in 37, but first... Uh, Peter has reassured everyone listening, um, everyone in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that they are not drunk since it's only 9 in the morning. Um, now I thought it's hilarious because I don't know like, if this whole thing would have happened at 9 o'clock at night with Peter being like, okay, I know, guys, this looks really weird, but let me explain kind of thing. It be really tough, tough for him, but it's 9 in the morning, so everything's okay. Um, but he then explains what is happening and proclaims the truth of Jesus. He proclaims the gospel to these people in Jerusalem. He tells them, "The same Jesus, uh, this guy I'm talking about, this same guy uh, you crucified, uh, is both Lord and Messiah." And then we get to pick up in chapter two, verse, verse thirty-seven. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "Brothers, what should we do?" Peter replied, "Repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins." And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Peter preaches the gospel, they hear the gospel. Their hearts are pierced by it, and they immediately have to figure out what to do with this really good news. Uh, They repent, repent, they're baptized, their sins are forgiven. And not only that, they get the same Holy Spirit who empowered Christ. They are saved from the sins, and in this act, they become the church. They become God's people. And this is huge for this group of people. And then we read in verse uh, 42, They devoted themselves, they the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so we read this verse um, last week as Kendrick urged us to be devoted to prayer as a church, um, as the church in Acts was. Um, but this cannot be something um, to check off the list, to either boast in when we do well, uh, or feel shame for when we don't do so well. Um, this can't be that, uh, because the fact that we get to go to our Father daily, he, he wants us to. He desires us to go to Him. He hears us. And he answers, this prayer is a gift from God. and It is absolutely for our good. And so we saw that they are devoted to prayer. And so we are a distinct group of people because we are devoted to prayer. Uh, But what else makes us distinct? We, as a church, are a people devoted to the apostles' teaching. We're devoted to the word. We are a people of the book. And so this is what we want to talk about today, do we daily think about what this devotion to the word means? Uh, How often do we think on how big this is? Just like the ability to pray, the fact that we have the Bible is an absolute gift, and do we see it as a gift? Do we see a devotion to it, a longing for it? And so let's get in the right mindset before we move on. John chapter 1, verse 1, super well known. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. What is John talking about? The Word became flesh, lived for 30 years, died at 33, but after days reappeared. That's a really good song. Just look it up. The word, this word that we look to for everything, it's Jesus. And this is really well known to us. Having a believer for a long time, it's like the word is Jesus. Yeah, duh. We know Jesus is the word. I know that. I get that. But to take time to really think about what does this really mean, that Jesus is this word that John's talking about, everything we have in this book ultimately points to, Christ. Absolutely everything. Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah, a longing for something more, what Jesus literally taught and did in the Gospels, and then every letter that Paul and everyone else writes after that points back to Christ and his Gospel. Everything is about Jesus. And John Piper says something really good about this. He says, As John begins his Gospel, he has in view all the revelation, all the truth, all the witness, all the glory, all the light, all the words that come out of Jesus in his living and teaching and dying and rising. And he sums up all that revelation of God with the name, he is the word, the first, final, ultimate, decisive, absolutely true and reliable word. And so we see that, we see that, and we know that this book is so much more than some good stuff to live by, some good things to read every once in a while. This is so much more than that. This is the word of God we're talking about. And so until we get to be with Jesus forever, this is what we have. And this is, again, a really great great gift that God has given us. And this is why we are devoted to Scripture. Individually, meditating on this daily, as we teach up here every Sunday, preaching Scripture and not our own agendas. And then as a church, everything we do being informed and shaped by scripture. This is this is not just some good stuff. This is the word, and we are to be devoted to it in these ways. And so we're going to look at scripture uh, to see how we're devoted in these areas of life. And so individually, are you in love with scripture, devoted to reading and meditating every day throughout the day? If you're not you do have to talk with elders in the back uh, after to see if you can come back next Sunday. Um, no, but absolutely, it feels the same way. As, as, as Kendrick talked about last week, this, this sense that we have that I don't pray as good as I know I need to, as good as this person, um, I don't read Scripture uh, enough, I don't memorize enough Scripture, so I must be the second-rate Christian. It, it, it definitely feels like that, um, but uh, we definitely need to feel desire. We definitely need to be devoted to Scripture, as we're going to talk about this entire sermon. Uh, But we need to feel the healthy weight of this rather than shame. We need to check our hearts, check our priorities. Why not? Why am I not devoted to Scripture? But if we swing the other way, this other extreme, and turn this into a checklist, something to do, just like schoolwork, check it off, I'm done with it, um, that is not going to be the answer either. Reading the word does not save you. It points you to the one who does that saving. And so Jesus has an interaction in dealing with the same thing uh, in John chapter 5. Some Jews are upset uh, because Jesus tells a guy who had not been able to walk for 38 years to pick up his mat and walk. Of course, the guy does this, and of course, it happens to be on the Sabbath. Like it's always on the Sabbath that Jesus does these things. It's crazy. It's like the the curse at midnight is always like done at midnight or whatever. It's like always has to be Sabbath. There's probably a reason why it's on the Sabbath. Um, so these Jews, these angry guys, uh, they confront Jesus because these guys know the law. They know Scripture, and they know you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. It's Come on, Jesus, don't work on the Sabbath. And Jesus responds with this uh, in verse 17. My Father is still working, and I am working also. Man, that's big. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus tells them how it is. Because of who he is, because of who his father is, he has the authority to work, and he has the authority to tell other people to work on the Sabbath. But they don't see it. They see this man breaking the law, and now equating himself with God. Jesus responds further. In 38, and this is what I want us to see. He says, You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over scripture because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so you may have life. So this is extremely dangerous because this is what we can get into, reading our Bibles because it's just something that we're supposed to do. And maybe even going so far as what I'm doing is the thing saving me, is is how well I read, how much I read, how much I memorize, how much I know off the top of my head. All this stuff is the thing that saves us. But when we read like that, we're missing Jesus. And this is really dangerous. We're devoted to something else entirely. And so you could read something like, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And you immediately think, man, I got to do better because God's going to cut me off from all this. Or we read First Samuel 17 and think that we're David, and that we have to take down this incredibly giant sin that's going to crush us. We think that we have to destroy it. More missing Jesus. We're missing absolutely everything the Word is meant to be. If we turn Scripture into some words about how to live this good life and not Jesus, it is going to come up empty. It's not going to be usable for anything. So, if we're always reading Scripture intentionally, searching for Jesus in every part of it, instead... In verses like that, we'll see, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And that, instead of this, this thing of, like, i got to do better, it's going to instead give us this peace. Because within it, Jesus has us. He's got this. And then we'll see, uh, like in Samuel, uh, with that we are definitely... The soldiers, uh, cowering in fear, afraid of the sin that we can't overcome. And Jesus is the one who crushes that sin. We'll see these things when we think about this word is Jesus. This word is all about Jesus, and it points to Jesus. And so, whatever your practice is for reading, uh, memorizing, meditating on Scripture, I urge you to continue to do that um, if it is a healthy way for you to do that, do it. Don't think about, man, I probably should read less because I'm going to turn this into another thing to do. No, that's not the answer. Pray for God to open your eyes to truth, keep you from making it just another routine. And so for me, something that I have to do every time I'm reading a, a passage is ask myself four questions. And I don't, like whenever we went to Glorietta, however many years ago, Kendrick first told me this, and I was like, That is really helpful. And so I want to tell you, if you don't know. So after I read a passage, I ask myself, so according to what I just read, however long it is, whatever it is, according to what I just read, who is God? What has he done through Jesus? Who am I now because of what he's done? And then what do I do now based on who I am? Who is God? What has he done? Who am I now? What is my identity now? And then what do I do based on who I am? And so that last question, this, this what do we do, this, this doing that we, we talk about a lot or we don't talk about a lot, um, we have to get to that eventually. Um, but this, this doing must absolutely flow out, out of who we are, this identity we have because of what Christ has done, and that comes from who God is. It must be this flowing, thing. it can't just be this doing. It has to flow out, and so that's how I have to read Scripture if I'm going to like, intentionally see Jesus in everything. Sometimes stuff is like really clear. Uh, even in Old Testament, whatever it is, it's clear that this is Jesus. Other times it's, it's really difficult, and I have to read these things instead of turning it into just another routine. That's wake up in the morning, do this, write some stuff down. I have to ask myself these questions. And so if you do that, if you don't do that, maybe try it out. If it's not for you, do something uh, that is going to point you to Christ, that is going to just create this devotion to Scripture in your life individually. And so let's be individually people of the book. So are we devoted to Scripture like in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6? These words that I'm giving you today... Are to be in your heart, repeat them to your children, talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, bind them on a sign, bind them as a sign on your hand, let them be a symbol on your forehead, Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. This is this devotion that we are called to have uh, to this word, and so Now that you heard that, everything's going to be okay. You're going to have this devotion to Scripture. So we have this love for Scripture. Uh, We're devoted to it. Everything that we do is now shaped and influenced by it. Everything outside of this this time, everything we do in our lives, is shaped and driven by Scripture. Um, But we know that we are not called to do life alone. And so what about this gathering? What about this, not just this gathering, the church? Uh, What about that? Um, Here at the Crossing, uh, we are led by a plurality of elders, if you didn't know that. Two is still plural. Um, it's still considered plural. But we do have more guys on the way. And so no matter if Kendrick or Jared is preaching or someone else like Mia or Stogner or Scott in this eldership process, uh, no matter who it is, whoever it is, we'll be devoted to the word and proclaim the gospel to this congregation weekly. I can like, reassure you, Like absolutely, we're going to be devoted to the word and so Paul writes this to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Evil people and impostors will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Paul is reminding Timothy that though we are going to be the body of Christ, the people of God will be persecuted. Impostors will come to deceive, continue to believe the gospel, Timothy, And continue teaching that gospel, teach scripture, equip them with this scripture inspired by God. This word that gives wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus needs to be taught because the enemy is prowling like a lion looking for anyone to devour. And so we desire, as a church, everyone to have this individual devotion to the word outside of this gathering. Absolutely, which is what we just talked about. We want that to happen. But, like I said before, this is a really big part of what we do as a church. Huge part of what we do. And so we come together, we celebrate what God has done through song, communion, reading scripture throughout the service, reading prayers throughout the service. But a big part of church in our culture is definitely this this time right here, this sermon. This is a big part of, of what church is. And so it's unfortunate sometimes that people treat this whole thing that we do like a show And then this preaching is the main event. And if the dude don't speak well, I'm out. Like that kind of thing. They treat it like that. Like this is the main thing. If this ain't good, I'm out kind of thing. But if whoever is up here every Sunday was not preaching scripture, was not allowing the word to shape, direct everything they said, they were preaching their own agenda instead. If I was doing this right now, if they were preaching their own agenda instead, I know that my family wouldn't be around for very long. It's not about this, how good they are or how entertained I am by that stuff. If they're not preaching the word, I'm, I'm probably going to find somewhere else that is preaching the word. But we are very blessed, uh, specifically, to have two guys who love Jesus and are really skilled at teaching. Um, they're good at explaining scripture, communicating. are able to easily apply what the Bible says uh, to our people, um, and so we have people who are good at scripture, or good at preaching, um, and we have guys who are learning and getting better at it. Um, but this delivery, or how funny it is, how many like, office references I can throw in there, um, cannot be what we think when it comes to preaching. Um, when I was a kid, I thought that if the sermon went longer for 20 minutes, that it was okay to leave. Uh, because like people did that. Well, they just like, I'm out. I've got to get home and fix lunch. Um, This cannot be what this is about, this delivery. Uh, And I'm not that great at speaking. I say, uh, a lot. And now you're going to notice it because I said it. Um, Crap. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that either. Um, (laughs) This is not everything. Scripture will be the driving force in everything you hear for us every Sunday. And so series like the one we're taking a break from right now, where we're literally walking through Old Testament poetry and literature, explaining context, meaning, proclaiming the gospel every time we preach, and then applying all that that we talk about to our lives, our context here today. But we also have topical series, like the one we're in right now, uh, or like Asking for a Friend a few months ago. Advent is coming up soon. I can't wait. Um, and so even though most of these topical sermons, these topical series that we do, we're not going to be sitting in one passage of Scripture the entire time and just fleshing it out detail by detail and then applying it to our lives. Everything that we teach during these series will absolutely be based on influence and driven by Scripture. I can reassure you of that. Uh, and so during the Asking for a Friend series, I got to answer the question, when are two people married in God's eyes? And, and what does the Bible have to say? Or, no, sorry, what does the state have to say about that? What does the state our government have to, to do with that. And for that sermon, I read scripture, and I simply relayed what God intended marriage to be when he created it. And then I went into what our responsibility is to the laws um, set by our government. I did not think of an answer in my head uh, up to this question and then try to find some scripture in my Bible to support that answer. Because one, we do not believe that's preaching. We, we believe that to preach, you have to proclaim the gospel, and that wouldn't be proclaiming the gospel. That would be me answering a question based on this stuff I read. There's your answer. I'm a genius, uh, and so we don't believe that's preaching, and two, I absolutely do not have the answers to any kind of topical question, any kind of thing we do. I do not have the answers. Everything that I know and believe that isn't like based on basketball and food, everything else like comes from the word of God. And that's not me saying like, man, I'm so devoted to the word. Everything I say is going to be scripture. Like, don't worry about me saying anything else. That's not it. I'm telling you that I'm not as smart as some of you. Uh, Like theology is super important. uh, And these big books and these extra biblical authors are super important. I really enjoy reading them. But that's not where our knowledge is going to come from. That is not what what we're going to preach to you and say, do this because this is good. Because I don't know a lot of it. I'm not that smart. I promise. And so everything that we're going to preach here is going to come from, driven by, the Word of God. It's going to be it. And so, before we move on, I wanted to say that um, I think this would go for everyone who would preach regularly on a Sunday. If you ever feel like someone is using this platform or that platform, the stage, as, as their leading music, for their own thing... Um, failing to preach scripture uh, instead they 're doing it their, their own agenda they 're preaching themselves they 're making much of themselves. please like come to whoever that is, talk to whoever that is about that because hopefully it 's a misunderstanding that that we can work out um, but worse comes to worse it could mean that we need to see how something came out that we 're saying something and repent of that that we're like we 're sinful guys and we need to repent of those things sometimes so please come to us, but you got to do it face-to-face, because if you email me, like, I'm probably not going to see it, sorry, and you don't even have my email, so it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, if you text me, I'm going to think you're joking, because you, like, texted me about something really serious, um, and then if you talk about, about, about it behind our back, uh, around whoever's speaking here's back, that is um, not going to help either, absolutely not going to help either. It's going to cause more damage. All right, so we know that we are called to be devoted to the word individually, outside of this gathering, in your homes, your work, your school, devoted to the Word and everything you do. And we know that Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. And so anyone here preaching at the Crossing Church will be devoted to the Word. And so now as a church, as a body of believers, are we devoted to the Word in everything we do? Everything we do here outside of this, as a body, are we devoted to the word of god james chapter 1 verse 21 says this therefore ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he's like someone looking at his own face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of person he was, but the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. Are we as a body doer of the word, doers of the word, or hearers of the word in our city? We want, again, Everything that we do on a Sunday morning to be influenced shaped, driven by scripture, we want everything every decision we make as a church, financially, uh, what we 're doing everything we want it to be shaped by scripture we want everything in our missional communities, everything we 're doing there, everything we 're talking about at an MC gallery. we want that to be devoted to the Word, everyone leading all that, but uh, let's let 's look past this. This right here, the stuff we do right here, look past that for a minute and talk about this work that needs to be done. And so when thinking about this, work is a bad word uh, for me. It is uh, a really bad word, especially, like, I don't want to hear or think about the word work on a Saturday when the grass needs to be cut, but there's like 12 hours of football on from 11 to 11. Like, I don't want to think about work. I don't want to talk about work. It's a bad word. Um... You can ask my wife. It's a bad word to me, not for her. Um, But also, among Christians, we hear this word work, and we shut that down really quick uh, because if you're talking about work, you must be talking about working to earn your salvation, the stuff that we do, and we know that that work has been taken care of now and forever by Christ. He made us children of God rather than enemies, and He's prepared our true home that we get to enjoy with Him forever. But we are not home yet We're here on earth, and there is work that needs to be done. Verse 24 again. For he, the hearer of the word, looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, perseveres in it, he's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. I am an extremely forgetful person. This morning, when Chan was here... um, practicing for music, and I had to get loose and all that kind of stuff, which is a lot of stuff, man. Anybody who's a single parent, bless you. Like, that is incredible. Um, I had to get all this stuff ready. Like, when I think about things, I have to do it immediately. And then, like, if I have stuff that I need to take with me to worship gathering or to work, I have to put it wherever my keys are because I cannot leave the house with my keys. Well, I've locked the door of the house plenty of times. But I put it where all the stuff that I'm going to take is – And so like my laptop, the communion bread, my drink, Lucy's bag, Bible, phone, everything was just in one big pile because I'm going to forget it. Even like texting people about leading communion and leading our send out this morning, like right when I think about it, I got to do it or I'm going to show up here. I'm like, oh, I forgot that. And so I'm an extremely forgetful person. So I get this, this hearing the word and just forgetting who I am. This, what we talked about earlier, this not a devotion to scripture, this devotion to just doing something. I get that. Because if I'm reading scripture, uh, and if we're reading scripture as a, as a body, if we're, if we're preaching these things to you, um, it's so easy just to just hear it and then immediately forget who we are called to be. So as the church is the crossing church, specifically in Monroe, are we doers of this word or are we merely hearers, forgetting daily who we are called and commanded to be? So now I want to walk through um, some scripture that, really shows us who we are called to be. commands us what to do, who we are called to be. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Remember that I am with you always to the ends of the age. Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Romans 10.13 For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on Him they have not believed in? How can they believe without hearing about Him? How can they hear without a preacher? First Chronicles 16.23 Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Proclaim His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wondrous works among the people. Psalm 96.1 Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Proclaim His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His wondrous works among all peoples. Church, are we devoted to the Word? If we are devoted to this Word, devoted to what God has commanded us to do, who He is, who, what Christ has done, who we are called to be, if that is true about us, then we must be devoted to those who do not know Jesus. It absolutely has to correlate. If it's not correlating, there's, there's, there's something messed up with the connection there. These people who are hopeless Without the gospel, they're searching for something to satisfy. And we know what that is. We have it. We know what it is. We are equipped to do this work that needs to be done. Whether or not you think uh, you're smart enough, that you're skilled enough in certain ways, God has gifted all of us who are part of the church in a specific area. Absolutely, he has gifted you in a certain area. But beyond that, all of us are equipped to do this work. All of us are equipped with the Word of God. He is implanted. He has given us His Spirit, the same Spirit that empowered Christ to do all of His works. We have that same Spirit, and we have the Bible. So, let us be a people, individually, as elders preaching this to you, and as a church. Let us be a people devoted to the Word of God in all of life. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much again for how good You are to us. That when we go to both extremes of, of continuing to fail, continue to feel shame about what we're not doing, what we are doing, the sin that we, that we run to constantly, whether it be explicit sin in our lives or just a laziness, a, a, a priority for something else, or when we go to the other side of thinking that a healthy prayer life, a healthy reading of Scripture, healthy just meeting together on Sunday morning and and, and miss community gatherings, if we think that that's going to save us, God, both those extremes, you don't care. You died for both of those, God. I thank you so much that you have done that for us. And then that that act that you've done, this this salvation that we have, is not based on how good or bad we are at things. It is absolutely based on who you are and what you've done. Gotta pray that we are a people devoted to your word, that everything we do, everything we are, is driven by this, this scripture, is is, is shaped, influenced everything we are is shaped by that. But God ultimately gotta pray. You remind us daily of this gospel. Remind us daily through Your Word, through prayer, through community, um, that You have saved us. You do the saving. Whether it be for our salvation that lasts forever, this present salvation this constant saving from sin that You're doing every day. Uh, or when we think about these lost people in our lives, God, that, that we are equipped, that we have the Spirit, we have Your Word We know the gospel. We know this truth that they're seeking. That we are called to do this work. But in the end, remind us that you are the one who saves, God. Thank you so much that that it's true now and forever, God. Thank you for this body of believers who are devoted to you. We're devoted to your gospel, God. I pray that everything else is torn down. Everything else is just made nothing, God, compared to who you are in our lives and and who we are called to be uh, in Monroe and West Monroe and the surrounding area. Thank you so much for the gospel. Amen.